Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We're broadcasting live today from Utah Valley University with the Herbert Institute of Public Policy and really thrilled to have joining us live on KSL News Radio a recovering talk show host <laughs> and the 48th Vice President of the United States, Mike Pence, joins us. Uh, Mr. Vice President, so grateful uh, for your time and great to have you here down at Utah Valley University. Uh, Boyd, it is uh, great to be with you. Thanks for having me on KSL. And um, uh, no, it was a real joy today. Uh, to be at Utah Valley University, to be a part of a, uh, the creation of a new institute uh, founded by former Governor Gary Herbert here. The work they're doing helping to train up a new generation of leaders, I think, will be consequential. And uh, I was very humbled to have the opportunity to come in and support that. Now, in your speech today, you uh, started with a something that resonates for our listeners a lot, and that is this whole concept that America is really formed on this idea, this idea of freedom. Uh, why is it that we seem to be missing that conversation so often in our country today? Well, I, I mean, that's a, that's a Boyd Matheson question right at the opening <laughs> of the show. <laughs> I, I, I mean, in, in, in many respects, I, you know, my wife taught school for 30 years, 15 years as a Christian school teacher, 15 years in the public schools. But I I sense that something has gone awry in education in America. Um, uh, I think many families learned during the COVID pandemic when kids came home and they saw those lesson plans uh, on a laptop. They suddenly started to see that, that patriotic education had been replaced by political indoctrination. And uh, I think they you see parents around the country stepping up now and saying, no, we... Uh, we want our schools back. We want our schools not to ignore the past. Look, we yeah. um, we are not a perfect union, but we, we have been striving since our founding to become a more perfect union. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm someone that, that, that believes and celebrates the, uh, the, the America's steady march from those founding documents that said all men are created equal, that then we went, we went through a bloody civil war to – that make that a reality, but then it would be generations later in the civil rights movement that we yeah. that we continue to advance that principle. But but uh, educating our young people that 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 this country is unique, it's special. It was founded on the idea that we're endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights of life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. I I think it's it's what we have to go back to. We have yeah. to continue to train these young people up. I think that's yeah. why what's happening here at Utah Valley University is so exciting. Mm-hmm. And it's a reason why, uh, Boyd, I relish the chance to come to college campuses. I'll be on Georgetown campus in a couple of weeks. Uh, I love squaring off with these young people, yeah. I'm talking about our freedom agenda and and, um, and just banding about with them a little bit. This is an incredible generation. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, and the, it's a freedom-loving generation. Absolutely. I just think it, if we can reground this generation in those in that american history and those timeless ideals the future 
future will be better than we could possibly imagine. Yeah. Mr. Vice President, you've had the experience at the at the state level as a governor. You've been a member of Congress for uh, 12 years. Uh, you've worked in the executive branch as the vice president. Uh, so you've really seen government at all the levels. What should the conversation be? We, we talk about these laboratories of democracy in the states. Uh, what is it that we should be focused on? It seems we get lost in some of the national conversations uh, and we miss a lot of the things that could actually make a difference in our community. Boy, it's just such a great comment. Look, uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson said government that governs least governs best. And the the part of the genius of the American founding was this system of federalism where the states would become laboratories of democracy and innovation. And it, as you said, increasingly, and, and the the media, present company accepted, I think, is is more guilty of this than anybody else. Is everything is about Washington D.C. Everything's about what's happening at either end of Pennsylvania Avenue, when really much of the government that touches our lives is state and local government. Yeah. Right. I mean, when you hear a bump in the night, right here in Provo in your home, at three in the morning, you don't call your congressman. <laughs> Right? We hope not anyway. <laughs> no. You got, I mean, so so state, local government, and supporting innovation. I love what Ronald Reagan said in his first inaugural address. He said it's important to remember that the states created the federal government. The federal government mm-hmm. didn't create the states. And I, I hope when people look at the Trump-Pence administration, they see an administration that whether it be in the area of health care, whether it be in the area of, of uh, energy innovation, whether it, even through the COVID pandemic, our objective was to get governors and get states what they needed mm. to, to, to lead the people of their state in the way that they saw yeah. best. And uh, I, I, I really, I'm incredibly proud of what the American people accomplished during the worst pandemic in a hundred yeah. years. But I, I, I give the credit, uh, and, and, I'm, and not without criticism. There were some governors whose policies I didn't agree with, but in the in the majority, governors knew what their states needed, and our job was to get them what they needed. and And I think it's the reason why we, at the end of the day, we're not only able to develop uh, two safe and effective vaccines in in record time. But also because we we were able to support efforts, whether it be in long-term care, nursing homes, or whether it be yeah. uh, health facilities, hospitals around the country to give states what they needed. And while we grieve the loss of every life that was lost in the pandemic, and our hearts go out to any family within the sound of my voice that lost a loved one, uh, I have to believe that without that approach of empowering states yeah. and allowing states to lead and govern and and distribute resources at the point of the need, uh, it would have been much worse. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll give you one of our teasers. We're, we're on the, the path to uh, making federalism sexy again. So uh, that's, the, <laughs> that's the big goal, to get it back to, the, to that state level. Uh, we were talking just before we, we went on air uh, about some of the civility and, mm. and the nuances that we are often losing. And sometimes, as you said, uh, we focus so much on Washington and, and the big angry voices that we miss the nuance. But you've traveled the country. You've talked to Americans from every walk of life. Uh, and you are expressing this sense that uh, they're ready for something different in terms of a conversation. Well, look, it's, it's like I said to you before. Once, once you uh, once you turn off the sound on the television or, or get 15 miles out of Washington D.C., the people of this country actually get along pretty well. Yeah. 
I mean, the American people are good, decent, generous, caring, courageous. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I think we serve a we serve a great people in this country. It's like I quoted the proverb that Solomon, the prayer that Solomon prayed today here in my remarks, that he prayed a prayer that God would give him a discerning heart to distinguish between right and wrong. But then, then he said, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? And I, what I love about that prayer is it said, first, I understand who I rely on. And secondly, I understand who I'm serving. And uh, in all my experience, I have to tell you, Boyd, uh, as governor of Indiana, as vice president for the whole country, this is a great people. Yeah. I mean, I've seen the American people in some of the worst circumstances you can imagine in the wake of a mass shooting in Sutherland Springs, Texas, mm-hmm. and Las Vegas, in, in the wake of horrific hurricane damage on the coast of Texas and in Florida. And I've seen the way the American people surge forth to help perfect strangers without regard to politics, without regard to who you are, race, creed, or color. They're there to help. That's America. And I I really do believe that that the American people want us to continue to debate the great issues of this country. But I think they want us to get back to talking about it the way that they talk to neighbors that they disagree with over the backyard fence, which is... um, you know, I can say you got a bad idea uh, without saying you're a bad person. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned your faith, and that's been such a, a big part of, of your service, the, that ability to take your whole authentic self into the public square. Uh, I love the discerning and listening heart, I think, is a different way for us to, to listen to each other. Uh, what is the role of faith in the public square, and what else needs to be done as it relates to religious liberty? Well, well, the first thing is we we've got to get away from this notion that the freedom of religion is freedom from religion. Um, you know, I, I, back when I had a, it was not nearly as big a talk radio show as yours. Boy. I had, it was, <laughs> let me just say, I, I was big in Bedford, Indiana. I was really, I was no better place to be big though. No, I was very big. And, uh, you know, I'm not like KSL, but I, you know, honestly, um, People would call my show and they say, you know, I've been listening to probably like your show. They they'd call and say, I've been listening to you, Mike, and I'm trying to figure out. What, I mean, what are you like, conservative? You're Republican? What are you, neoconservative? You're libertarian? I'd say, I'm a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order. Mm. And I carried that into public service in Congress, and then when I was governor. And in fact, I said it again today here at Utah Valley University. Because I, I've always, I've always believed that as a Christian, I, I have an obligation to let people know where I'm coming from, so that the right person gets the glory, mm. right? And I think we went through a period of time for some reason. I, I mean, if you go before the 1950s all the way back to the American founding, you, I mean, you're a student of history. You about can't read a political speech where somebody doesn't talk about their personal faith. Yeah. Or about the role of providence in the life of the nation. But somewhere along the way, it it became unfashionable yeah. uh, to talk about our faith. And uh, uh, it's been very humbling for me uh, as I traveled around the country, the number of people that have uh, have simply said that, you know, they, they've observed our faith and um, uh, and been encouraged by it. That's a, That's maybe the the sweetest words I've ever heard, um, and I hope to some extent it's true to people. But I, I, I do think that that 
uh, it's incumbent upon us in public life, whatever our personal faith is, is to fiercely defend the freedom of religion. It's uh, uh, it is our first freedom. It it is, and I yeah. I would I would say that if I wasn't uh, in Utah in Provo, I would say that anywhere in this country that we have to we we have to recognize the 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 freedom of Americans to live to work to worship according to the dictates yeah. of their conscience. But it kind of goes back to your last question too. It goes back to. Um, it's it's okay if I believe something different than you believe in America. That's okay. Yeah, and that, that we we need to get back to dealing with each other that way. Maybe no question. Be unapologetic about who you are, but be gracious and and recognize the freedom of every other person to believe or not believe according yeah. to their hearts desire. Wonderful. Wonderful. I want us to get a quick policy because you addressed this in your speech. Mm-hmm. I thought in a really powerful way that I think the nation is ready for, and that's dealing with immigration. Mm. That rule of law and compassion are actually compatible principles, sure. and there is a way to get at this. I think there is. And, you know, I'm incredibly proud of the fact that under the Trump-Pence administration, we reduced illegal immigration by 90 percent. I mean, we built a wall, hundreds of miles of border security. We supported our border patrol agents that are incredibly courageous. We enforced our laws, uh, took the fight uh, to uh, the cartels in our major cities um, uh, through the incredible courageous efforts of ICE. Um, but we also had a policy called Remain in Mexico that ended the asylum abuse that had created an avalanche of uh, of people coming across our border before we took office and has created that avalanche again. Two million people now yeah. as of this week in the last year. It's, un- it's unconscionable. But what's happening is people were – before our administration, people knew they could come – the cartels would take cash to bring them up to the southern border, oftentimes facing extraordinary hardship and abuse along the way. I mean, people are suffering on both sides of the yeah. border. And and they drop them at the border. Then people would apply for asylum, uh, whether it was justified or not. And then they'd be given a court date a year and a half, two years down the road. Then they'd be released into the United States. Right. 98% of those people, when we took office in the Trump-Pence administration, Ninety-eight percent of the people weren't showing up for their asylum hearing, yeah. and it became known as catch and release. What we did was we negotiated, and I negotiated it on behalf of the president, while we were building the wall, while we were enforcing the law, we negotiated a remain in Mexico policy that said if you're applying for asylum in the United States, fine, you have to wait in Mexico yeah. until your hearing date. Not surprisingly the number of applications for asylum dropped through the floor. And that was where we saw the incredible reduction of illegal immigration and asylum abuse in the country. Sadly, the Biden administration rescinded Remain in Mexico when they took office. They fought to keep it gone in the courts. And, you know, I'm going to be in Central America in the next week talking to some leaders down there. There is no question that this administration in Washington has sent a deafening message south of the border that um, just come up uh, and people are coming. I mean, uh, and so I think the key is restore the policies, finish the wall, restore the policies like remain in Mexico that we had in place. And then, as I said today here at Utah Valley, um, let's reform the immigration system from the bottom up 
on the basis of a merit-based system that says, what, what does Utah need today? Mm-hmm. Whether, that, whether that's agriculture, whether that's information technology, whether, and, then, and then stylize the, 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 the access that we give people into the country, the visas that are granted into the country, based on the needs the country has. It's yeah. a, that kind of merit-based system, believe it or not, yeah. is what existed when my grandfather came to this country from Ireland in 1923. Right, right. He had to be certified as a, in a certain uh, profession, in his case a tailor, mm. to qualify for admittance at Ellis Island from Ireland because right. they had a quota of tailors. Yeah, yeah. It's what we need to get back to. I think we will get back to it because the American people know um, yeah. our, we, we have to secure our border, but we have to fix a broken immigration yeah. system. And I believe we will. Yeah. Last question for you real quick uh, before you leave, uh, Mr. Vice President. And obviously the 2024 and 2022 midterms are on the line. Uh, I want to ask you about your plans, uh, but I will ask you about what is the leadership, what is the one leadership quality we need uh, rolling uh, both to the midterms and on to 2024? Well, I, I said today that proverb, without a vision, the people perish. And it's the reason why the organization I formed in Washington AdvancingAmericanFreedom.com came up with a freedom agenda. We, I, I think we need to, we need to hold the Biden administration and Democrats in Washington accountable. We also need to, we also need to articulate a positive vision for the American people, grounded in our highest ideals and our experience. And we call it a freedom agenda. And I commend it to all of your listeners to take a look if they're curious. The last thing I think, I think uh, what the times call for. Uh, with, I mean, it, it, Russia's continued unprovoked aggression and the uh, unconscionable war in Ukraine, China's continued provocations in the South China Sea, its trade abuses, human rights abuses, North Korea's provocations, the challenges at home with record inflation, a porous border, crime in the streets. I think we need leadership. And I, I'm not just playing off the word in your yeah. question. I, I, I think we need men and women who will who will bring a heart for service into the public square, but then be prepared to lead to solutions that are grounded in our highest ideals. Fantastic. Mr. Vice President, thanks for joining us down here at Utah Valley University, the Herbert Institute. Uh, appreciate your leadership, and uh, I think we know a guy uh, when things move forward in the, the years ahead. Uh, also, you have a memoir coming out uh, that people should check out as well, so help me God, uh, on the principles uh, and the practices that leadership really looks like and sounds like, and we appreciate you joining us today. Boyd, you're very kind. Congratulations on all your success on KSL. and. Uh, Got that book coming out in November, and I'll have to come back on the Boyd Matheson Show. We'll bring you back. Talk all about it. (laughs) I thank you for that. Thank you so much, Mr. Vice President. We're going to go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. Uh, More inside sources coming up live from Utah Valley University here on KSL News Radio. Inside sources. Inside sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson. It's great to be with you today. We're broadcasting live from the Norda Center down at Utah Valley University. And if you missed anything, uh, we just spoke with the 48th president, vice president of the United States, Mike Pence. Uh, we joked coming in that uh, he's also a recovering 
radio talk show host. So he actually had his own show uh, in Indiana for a number of years and uh, had a three-hour show every day. So he knows the drill, and it was very gracious of the former vice president to uh, sit down after uh, delivering a speech here as part of uh, an event with the uh, Gary R. Herbert Institute of Public Policy here at Utah Valley University. And, you know, I, I was really struck uh, in our conversation with the former vice president. His speech today, I think, was one that uh, resonated uh, not just well in the hall with a, a mixture of, uh, of students, a mixture of business leaders, political leaders uh, who were all here, including uh, Governor Spencer Cox and his wife, Abby. Uh, the, the Lieutenant Governor Henderson was here as well. And it was a it was one of those conversations where. I don't know that there's very many people in the country that could have objected to just about anything he talked about on that stage today. Uh, it was civil. It was focused on ideas. He talked about the, the, the concept that, yes, we can disagree, and we don't have to hate each other, and we don't have to shout angry words at each other, and that we can actually get to those uh, better, higher conversations here in the country. Uh, he and I were talking just before we went on air just about the whole civility component to all of this and, and what that actually means out there in the world. And as he travels the country, uh, people are telling him, you know, that's the conversation I want to be a part of. I want to have that where I don't have to cringe, where I don't have to brace myself for some, you know, clickbaity headline or someone ranting and railing and uh, going off in anger, fear and frustration. And uh, he's seeing that. And, and I agree with the former vice president. I think the country is ready. I don't know that the country knows how to ask for it. It's never something that's going to show up in a Pew Research poll. Uh, of That's the kind of conversation and political dialogue that I want to be a part of. But I tell you, when, when people experience it, it's like oxygen. And people just exhale. They say, oh, yes, that's that's a political conversation I can have at my dinner table. I can even have that at my Thanksgiving table. Uh, maybe with a crazy in-law or two. Uh, and we can get to those, but it's going to take some leadership. It's going to take a different approach to all of that. So we're going to continue the conversation from down here at the Norda Center at Utah Valley University. Again, the 48th Vice President of the United States, Mike Pence, uh, just left the building after talking with us very graciously. Uh, so we're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, we're going to get some reaction from some of the students who listened to the speech today. We'll also have the President of Utah Valley University, Astrid Tuminez, will join us at the top of the hour. So stick around. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio.